One of my friends and coworkers, Santiago Nunez, told me recently that my love language has to be giving books to people. And so today I'm giving you my love language. I hope that it's you speak the same love language, but I'm giving you three recommendations on books I absolutely love related to leadership and personal development. Let's jump on in. Hi friends. Today, I want to talk to you about my three favorite books right now probably not going to be my forever and ever list, but my three favorite books right now for leadership development. So personal development, leadership development, they, they kind of fall in the same vein for me, but those books are in no particular order, sell or be sold by Grant Cardone. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see that my dog got a hold of this. And I made a joke that our family is really getting serious about consuming Grant Cardone. Um, And then the next is The Fifth Agreement by Don Miguel Ruiz. This is kind of the sequel, the follow-up to The Four Agreements, which he's probably more better known, but The Fifth Agreement is outstanding. And then last but not least is a classic, and it's been well-loved in my family and has stickers all over the cover of it that my kids have put on here in special places. It's John Maxwell's The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. So I want to talk about one thing for each book, and then we're going to be done with this speedy episode. So hopefully it will entice you to go read these books. And at the end of the day, a lot of times, and you'll see how I dog ear books, I just take the kind of the cover, the flap from the cover, and I put it inside the book. That's where I close it up. And sometimes I won't pick that book up again for years because for me, it's not about reading the book. It's about implementing maybe one sentence of what you read. So if you are someone who's like, I'm not a big reader, I don't want to pick up these books because combined, I mean, the John Maxwell book itself is like as thick as a Bible, or at least at least a new Testament version of the Bible. Right. So it can be kind of daunting when you're like, Oh man, I have so much to read. And sometimes I see these, I don't know, Facebook ads and different things that people are putting out for content purposes of like, you know, one book, 12, the 12 books you need to read this year, or the 52 books you need to read this year. And that's the last thing that we should be doing when it comes to personal development. If of course you're reading for pleasure or you're reading because you want to consume really good writing so that you can become a better writer. I absolutely think that you should be reading every day simply for the pleasure of reading, but these books are not pleasure reading books. Like these books are getting down to work books and they're really for helping develop you as a human and as a leader. And so let's start with Grant Cardone's book. If you only read the first, let me see where I got to in this book so far. If you read the first, I don't know, 60 pages then I think that you'll, you'll be very happy with your progress in this book. I haven't gotten past the first 60 pages and I have implemented the lessons that I've learned in the first 60 pages of this book over and over and over. What's great about Grant, um, whether you like him, uh, his politics or, you know, his personality or whatever, I do love that he writes in a very simple, understandable way. He comes from kind of a uh, redneck Louisiana background. And so I can really relate, um, having come from uh, Kansas redneck uh, background as well. And as I also have a really big passion for sales. I think that as a leader and as someone, if you are wanting to find a skill where you can thrive in life, leadership is all about selling first yourself on what you are wanting to lead people to do. And then additionally on selling the people, you have to sell the thing you want your team to do, or the thing you want your kids to do, or the thing that you're wanting your spouse or partner to join you in doing you. It's a sale. Everything in life is a sale. And what I love about this book and sell or be sold 
is it helps us wake up to the reality that in every single thing that we do, you know, in our Facebook feeds, if we're watching the Super Bowl ads, every single thing that we do, we are either being sold something, someone is selling to us, or, you know, we're aware of that. We're aware of the marketing machine that's going on. And we have the opportunity to decide what we want to sell to ourselves. So we're either being sold or we're selling. If you aren't, the, the, the message from this first 60 pages of the book is if you are not absolutely positively convinced about what you're selling, no one should be buying from you. He uses the example in the book of if you aren't, if you haven't invested in the exact same, like let's say your investment bank or your, I don't even know investment people things. Okay. But if you are someone who does um, investments or life insurance, you like say you sell life insurance, or let's say I sell legal services, which I do. If I sell legal services or investment properties or bonds or life insurance, and I don't personally purchase the exact same thing, if I have a need for it, Personally, I don't need immigration services, so I wouldn't buy immigration services. But if if I needed immigration services and I was selling to you to purchase immigration services that I hadn't personally used myself, then you're going to have a big sales problem because really at the end of the day, you're not totally sold on the thing that you are trying to sell. And so you have to get so convinced, so convicted. And this is, I think, true even of religion. Penn and Teller uh, use one of the, I don't know which of the comedian, I don't know if it's Penn or if it's Teller, but they're a comedian duo um, who have like a residency in Vegas. And I remember reading something where one of them is an atheist. And he said that every single time someone proselytizes to him, he's so grateful for it because even though he is a very loud and proud atheist, he's like, you know what? At the end of the day, if this person believes so strongly that if I don't convert to their religion that I'm going to spend a life of like an eternity in a really, really bad place and in a fiery pit of hell, if they're not going to come and tell me and invite me to rethink me being an atheist, like, do they even really believe in what they subscribe to from a religious and spiritual perspective? So he's illustrating the same thing that Grant Cardone is illustrating in Seller Be Sold, which is if you don't really believe in the thing that you are saying and doing with your life in leadership, in sales, if you, you know, sell life insurance, or if you sell cars and you didn't buy your car from the same place that you're, you're selling cars from, like you don't use the same makeup routine that you're, you're selling, um, to someone else's same skincare routine, then you have not been personally sold on this thing. So you're kind of full of crap. And I love that aspect of it because it really, I am sold. I am so sold on the services that I provide in my law firm. I am so sold on sobriety. I am so sold on developing um, a relationship that's deeper and deeper with myself because I have seen um, how, when I am more authentic, it helps me have a better relationship with my spouse and my kids. Like I am so sold. And so I love this book. I recommend it to you. Even if you don't have a career in sales, I promise you, you not only are already selling or being sold, it's influencing, um, which is another way of describing leadership. It's going to be great for you. Okay. Next book up. Let's talk about the fifth agreement. 
So the four agreements were life-changing for me. Um, I remember when I first started doing personal development coaching, I listened to David Nagel's podcast, The Successful Mind, and David's um, a guest on this podcast. Thank you so much, David. And I've done a ton of personal development work with him over the years. And I remember before I started working with him, I started listening to his podcast and I really encourage you to go over and give it a listen. If you're unable to, um, even if you do read the book, it's always great to hear his perspective because he's such a great teacher. The podcast is called the successful mind, and he has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. So you have to go way back in the archive. It might be easiest to find it on his website, to be honest, because it's so far down in the Apple podcast, um, profile, but he had a podcast on the four agreements and that's where I first learned about it. I listened to the podcast episodes on the four agreements and I was like, okay, I I need to get this book in my hands. And after that, both Sean and I have bought this book in bulk almost, um, and given it to people as gifts because it has been such a life-changing way of our worldview. And then Sarah Kaki, one of my friends, who's also helped me with my personal development, um, she introduced me to the fifth agreement. She was like, Hill, you've got to, if you like the four agreements, you've got to read the fifth agreement because it's got a little extra bonus. And the four agreements are number one, to be impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. Number four, always do your best. And number five, be skeptical but learn to listen, which for me is kind of like a trust, but verify. So you don't have to live your life being a skeptic, but at the same time, you don't have to take everything at face value either, because that would be unwise. It would, it would just, you know, it would not be a wise way to live. So for me, not making assumptions has been truly revolutionary for me. It's something I still have to practice every single day. But as a leader, if I walk into a meeting and I'm making assumptions about really, if it's not based on data, a lot of times, you know, that's really been the word of the month for me has been, what's the data say the phrase of the month, if you will, this helps you so much when you're, when you stop making assumptions, stop making assumptions about what people, why people are behaving the certain way that they're behaving, come in with a, with an, an element of curiosity because curiosity is such a more positive giving the other person a, the benefit of the doubt perspective, like giving them that gift. And I would much rather come in with a, with a curiosity than a negative assumption. And most of my assumptions, unfortunately are pretty negative. And then we get into negative self-talk and then you're creating these stories that like scenes from a TV show in your mind of how the conversation is going to go based solely on this um, this negative assumption that you've made. One of the things that's related to this, that's such a valuable tool to me that I hope will also be helpful to you is anytime I find myself spinning on an idea or a conversation or a thing, like I'm just going over it in my mind over and over and over. And I can't sort out what is why, like, why can't I just resolve this? Maybe it's a conversation I had. Maybe it was a look someone gave, Maybe something just feels off and I can't quite figure out why. And a lot of times it's because there's a lie involved. There's something that's not true. That is maybe even my own projection where I'm making something up that doesn't even exist. I've made a negative assumption and that's why I'm not resolving with ease the thing that I'm toiling over. So 
this happens all the time for me, unfortunately, like I, I'm no pro at this. So I'm sharing these leadership books because I love them, but that doesn't mean that I am uh, here to teach a masterclass on it. But what I will say is I find myself wanting to give people the benefit of the doubt. And there's only so much that you can do with the benefit of the doubt. You simply do have to ask people directly so that you can resolve whatever assumptions are in between your way of the decision point of, I need to make a decision based on your behavior. This is what this is indicating to me and coming in and saying, I want to be curious. This is how I'm perceiving this. Can you help me understand whether I'm right or wrong? Or can you help me understand if this is an accurate uh, perception of what you said or what you did in this specific instance? And it eliminates the assumptions that I make and a lot of the spinning that happens because of it. And that's why the fifth agreement has been so beneficial for me. All right. Last but not least, the 12, or sorry, the 21, the 12 irrefutable laws of leadership. Um, you know, the expanded version would be the 21. And that's the one by John Maxwell. And it's it's old school, you know, it's kind of one of the staples. So the one that's been the one of the the leadership laws in here that's so good and it just it's something I read the first one. I haven't moved past it because I've been applying it so much that there's no reason for me to go read all 21. I just need to stay with this one for a while. And it's the very first one. It's called the law of the lid. And if you did my quit shit challenge, where it was a 21 day challenge to quit eating, consuming, drinking something that you felt like was perhaps not serving you. So we you know, maybe you quit online shopping, maybe you quit drinking wine, maybe you quit eating chocolates because it made you feel bad, whatever it was, we did that for 21 days. And in that challenge, I went through the law of the lid from this book and the law of the lid says this, whatever the top of your leadership lid is, is also the max of your effectiveness and your productiveness and really going to be your happiness. Because if you have a low level of leadership then it doesn't matter how hard you try, how much effort you give something, you're never going to reach the result that you want because your leadership lid is going to tamper you, basically tamper your, your reach. So when that happens, um, you know, we, we find ourselves where we feel like we're just a, we're just a rat in a cage. We're just, we're, we're, we're a hamster on a wheel. We're trying really, really hard, but we're not able to have the influence that we want, or we're not able to lead people, especially in work environments. Maybe you have five people who report to you. Maybe you're like me and you have 125 who report to you. And the, the lower your leadership lid, the less effective you'll be as a leader, but the higher your leadership lid, the higher your effectiveness. And the reason I mentioned the quit shit challenge is because in that challenge, I pointed out all the research that shows that the five people we spend the most time with, we are their average. So our leadership lid is necessarily the same lid, the, the average of our five closest friends lids. So our five closest people we spend time with, which is why you have to be so selective with not only who you work with, but who you associate with. You might think like, oh, I'm different than them. I think differently than them. But no matter what, their leadership and the decisions that they make in their lives related to what they consume, what they're reading, the way they view the world, whether they are, you know, applying the five agreements, all of those things impact their leadership lid. 
And if you are an average of those five people, you have to ask yourself, you know, who can I be around that will help raise my leadership lid? And this is why mentoring is of course, and coaching is so important. I hope this is helpful guys. It, these books over the past, I don't know, quarter, I would say I, the, the fifth agreement has been long time. The 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, uh, has been, we have multiple copies of it and it's been on our bookshelves for so long, primarily because it's just such a staple that so many people recommend. But again, I urge you don't feel like you have to read the whole book. In fact, if you read the whole book and you apply nothing, all you've done is wasted your time. It's like, you know, my college experience, I went and I learned all this information. I sat there, I spent all this money, all this time. But I, I rarely learned anything in college because I wasn't going to implement what I was learning. So pick up the book, read one or two pages, and then just spend time. And once you feel like you've really started to implement it, now it's time to go read the next one. So don't feel pressure to read the whole thing. I hope this is helpful. And I hope you have a great day and going into the new year, pick these books up, have them on your nightstand, read a little bit before bed. And I can't wait to see how your leadership lid grows and hit me up because I'm always looking for amazing leaders for me to hang out with because I want to raise my leadership lid. Have a good day, friends. There you go, my friends. I hope that this has been super fun for you. I love giving book recommendations. So if you want to know other things that I'm reading, different topics, different, different genres, hit me up because I would love to talk to you about books. And if this episode has been helpful for you or interesting to you, I would love for you to share it with a friend, shoot them a text and say, Hey, I listened to this and thought of you and send them on over to the podcast. Because at the end of the day, if this doesn't get to anyone, then we're just here talking to the brick walls here in my office. So thank you so much for sharing. I hope you have a great day.